0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen, Pastor Chris, come on. Let's give him a hand. Awesome. Oh, don't do that. I'm not used to that. Well, good morning, everybody. There's actually a good turnout here. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I w- we weren't sure what to expect. That's pretty awesome. Praise God for that. So we're doing session two in guardrails today. Uh, last week, just to recap a little bit what we talked about in terms of guardrails. Does anybody remember or what a guardrail is? I hope so. Everybody here drives a car, most of you. Okay. Guardrails is something that's designed to keep you on the road, away from dangerous points and places. Um, these are physical guardrails, but also, you know, spiritual guardrails. Um, I did some firefighting down in Mexico a long time ago. And in Mexico, specifically in the Baja, thank you, specifically in the Baja Peninsula, it's this long desert strip of land, essentially. And they had a, a major highway. that went right down the middle of it, and everything connected to this. And it was pretty much the only paved road at the time. And because it was desert, anytime they would have rain... They would um, it would had it had tendency to like wash the roads away. So their solution to that was to build this major highway, twelve to fifteen feet up in the air. They would bring in this berm and they just built it up really really high, and not a there was no guardrails whatsoever on this thing. Okay, and so the road literally came the paved portion literally came right to the edge. There was no shoulder. Okay, like there there wasn't money for shoulder, I don't know, I'm just guessing there wasn't money for shoulders, right? And much less guardrails. And so they had this thing, and, and I w- we would get calls all the time, like half the calls we got weren't fires, they were accidents. People would be driving down this thing at night, maybe they'd be drinking a little too much, and they'd fly right off this thing, Woo! right? And of course, you know, it had to be in town, and it had to be into a parking lot where they would land on top of another vehicle, And it was just like, you're going to a scene with two vehicles pancaked and stacked on top of each other. And it's like, how do I, how how do I, okay. You know, (laughs) let's get these people out. And so guardrails are super, super important in both the practical and in the spiritual sense for our lives. In just everyday living and breathing and conducting yourselves. And so this series is designed to um, help you understand the importance and help you to understand how to set your own guardrails. And so today, we're going to be talking about the second session, which is why can't we be friends? I think this would be, yeah, everybody's got the song running through their head now. I this, I think, would be actually a really good session to have for the youth. And uh, I was going through it, and I'm like, man, I'm going to feel like I'm preaching the youth this morning, because, it's like, we're talking about friendships, and that's really important. Yeah, exactly. So let's look up, let's bring up on the screen, please, 1 Corinthians 15.33. We're dealing with the NLT this morning. It says, "Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character." I don't know how many times. I mean, okay, let's a show of hands, and you guys can't see this, but by a show of hands, who here has had their parents say that to them or something similar? They're slowly going up. Okay, There's, okay, that's that's a good. I heard that all the time growing up. You know, like, and the other one I heard up growing up too was uh, was uh, respect your mama. I heard that one a lot too. So when we talk about friends, I want you to kind of like get this in your head. When I say the word friend, I also mean associate, acquaintances, people that you may spend time with. Okay? And more than just a passing, hello, I know your name and face, but like people that you would actually set aside aside time to spend with. So when I say friend, that's who I'm talking about. Now think back to your childhood. For some of you, that wasn't too long ago. And what the funny about that? No, And I want you to remember, how, how protective were your parents about who you spent time with? OK, I'm, I'm doing it right now. I'm thinking back. My mom and my dad, they were super protective of who I spent time with. They were very picky. I mean, mom, dad, can I have a sleepover? Who is it? Who's going to be in the house? Is it, are both parents going to be there? You know there was there was all these questions and it's because and at the time I was like oh my gosh would you just let me live my life, but what my parents were actually trying to do were they were trying to protect me, and so parents will do anything to protect their kids right they'll change schools they'll move uh, strict strict guidelines on who you can talk who you can uh, hang around with. Um, my family, we had family passwords. We had a password. So my parents said, you know, if somebody comes and, and you don't know them, like my parents were on point with that stuff. And, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that with my kids. Like, i let my kids make, you know, some more independent decisions. And now we're living in the time we're living in and we're like, uh, uh-uh, nope, it's worse. Now we actually monitor them electronically. We, you know, we check out their phones, we check their, their post history, who are they talking to, the websites they have been going on, and that's necessary and important. And who here as a parent would say, it's really important to monitor what my kids are watching? Okay, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And the reason we do this is because friendships have a way of impacting your life. It, when we draw into a, any kind of relationship, especially close friends with somebody, what ends up happening is they have, a, they have an impact on our life. We pick up mannerisms, expressions, um, worldviews, even. In fact, I mean, as a kid, you're going to pick up probably more worldview from your friends than you do from your parents in some situations, especially as you go on with life. And that's just the way it is, so parents are on point with that for a reason. And it's for that reason that just because we're no longer kids, it doesn't give us permission or an excuse to not transfer that kind of concern and apply it to our own lives now as adults and who we spend time with. And has anybody here, okay, I'll just tell you, I going not ask that question I want you put hands up. So when I was a young person, because I'm not anymore, when I was a young person, um, I started smoking because my friends did. And I don't think many of us started into some bad habit or even a good habit, just on our own. A lot of the times, there's an outside influence, usually a friend, who was, you know, hey, let's go do this. Anybody there with me? Okay, so like, when I was a teenager, I used to say I was a social smoker, which meant I only smoked when my friends were around, and then one day I didn't, and I realized I'm a smoker. (laughs) Yeah, I gave that up pretty quick after that. Um, a lot of addictive behaviors begin with crowds or with people. Um, friends can influence us either positively or negatively. And when I was 16, 16, uh, going to church, uh, it was weird. I was coming back from youth group one night, and I got jumped, me and um, my little brother and one of my friends, walking home at night from youth group. And these four carloads, of, of teenagers or people, kids, drove up, passed us, pulled over on the side of the road. About 20 people got out of the cars, and they just laid a beating to us. Um, didn't know who they were. They were, you know, I, I found out later from the cops, they were like, oh, yeah, these guys were like 18 to 21, 22-year-olds. I'm just 16. My buddy, he's 14, and my little brother, three years younger than me, so he's 13 as well, and... Uh, my parents had always taught me, you know, like, you can get out of any situation if you talk about it. Just, the only reason people really get into conflict is just because they don't understand. So I was like, they're walking up. And I mean, there's no mistaking their intention. They're all, they just get out of their cars without a word and just walk up, right? And they all surround us. And then they just start, and I'm like, as they're doing it, I'm like, everything inside me is screaming, oh, crap, this is not good. Like, this is not good. So I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> Hi. Uh, what's going on? Nice night for a drive. You know, like so where are we going, <laughs> you know, like, and they just, they just, you know, laid a beating, and so I came out of that really kind of like disillusioned with the idea that talking could get you out of any bad situation, so shortly after that, you know, the enemy was working, had a plan, and uh, so shortly after that, there was this guy in my church I hadn't really talked to before, and I won't use his name, but, um, you know, I got to started getting to know this guy, and he says, you know, I heard what happened. And he says, just like you should know that uh, if you ever need any help, I'll be there for you. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's cool. Okay, th- thank you. You know, like that. And I was scared because these guys, after um, we talked to the cops, they used to park in front of my house. You know, a carload at a time would park in front of my house just letting me know they knew where I lived. Now, I don't know how they knew where I lived. Like, I don't even know who these guys were. But I was I was living in a state of fear. I was like, oh, man, like... You know, and I, so I got to know this guy, and, and he's, he's like, you know, you just you just sure hang around with me, you know, like, I'll back you up, I got your back. This, is, uh, this guy, you know, he seemed like a good guy, I met him in church, but as time went on, I start, he started showing me more and more of what he would do in his own time. And what I didn't know was that where he had moved, like he had moved to the area recently, is he came from B.C., and he came from kind of a background where they dealt in drugs, and so, long story short, I started getting involved with drugs with this guy, and we started selling it. We started driving to parties and selling it out of a trunk. It wasn't a good scene. And my point about that is that I went from being, like, a pretty half-decent kid going to youth group, and because I, I chose one friend that, out of a, out of, like, that I thought was tough and was going to help me out in a need in my life, and he's going to somehow, somehow help me out, because of that association... I started changing my mind about a lot of things. Areas in my life that, where I would not have gone, I went. And he introduced me to a lot of other people that were kind of in the same mindset. And so gradually, my circle of influence grew and grew and grew. And next thing I knew, I was running with a larger group of individuals. And nobody knew, because I was very good at keeping it secret. And if we look up Proverbs 13.20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. Pretty self-explanatory. Okay, so I don't need to expound into the original Greek or Hebrew on this. Um, Essentially, I was in this place where I was associating with fools, And there came a point, and I'm not going to go into that time-wise, but it came to a point where I suddenly realized if I didn't get out of this, I was going to end up in a lot of trouble. And so people that we associate with, if they're fools, or if they're people that essentially are not containing or living according to the word and truth of of God's word, we run the risk of not only having our our, our own morals compromised, but we also run the risk of when they getting into trouble and they're in bad situations, their life is almost like a grenade that explodes and impacts us as well, and not usually for a positive way. And as time went on, I I, I realized that I needed to make a life change. And every Bible verse I'd ever read started to come back to me, and I was like, man, man, I got to do something about this. So one day, I just got radically born again, because I hadn't up to that point, point. and I made a decision to cut my life off with these people, and I just, I couldn't even tell it to their face, because I didn't have enough spine to do that, even though I was a tough guy. I didn't have enough spine or character within myself to even say to their faces, I'm sorry, I can't hang around with you anymore, So I had to do it over the phone. And uh, I just pleaded with them, I'm like, please don't call me, please, you know, they're just like threatening me, and I'm just like, no, 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 don't threaten me, just, 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 I'm, click, hang up the phone. And I spent about two years by myself, just in the word of God, and praying, and just trying to get my life back on track. And so the warning here is that if you run with fools, you're going to get into trouble, But there's a flip side to this in the beginning. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. So we, as a people, as as individuals, have an opportunity to decide who our friends are going to be. Who are we going to spend our time with? And if you have a desire to be wise, if you have a desire to be this or that, then purposely design yourself and set yourself up to associate with those kind of people. And wise begets wise. You know, if you're a sports fanatic and you want to be athletic, you hang around with people that like to be athletic and it rubs off on you because your your activities are bent around that thing. So in terms of guardrails, when we're talking about guardrails in terms of our friends, the point of a guardrail would be to say, okay, I'm going to decide based on this criteria who I'm going to associate with as a friend. They're going to have to You know, as a Christian, we would say they have to love the Lord with all their mind, all their soul, and all their heart. You know, they're going to have to want to pursue godly character. That's an example. So we would set up these as a guardrail when we determine who we're going to associate with or spend time with. Now, I'm not referring to um, the kind of association where we're not ministering to people because that's important. God has called us to be light and salt to the world. What I'm referring to is actually the people that we open our heart to and say, here's who I really am. Here's my struggles. I'm going to share them with you. I want you to to share with me. We're going to get through this together. That's the kind of association we're talking about. And your conscience should light up whenever you're around people that you call friends or, or, or associates and you suddenly dawns on you that your core group isn't moving in the direction that you want to move in. So if you suddenly are questioning, like, why, are, why am I involved in this? Why am I doing this with these people? This is questionable. Then you that's a guardrail. That's your conscious lighting up saying, hold on. That's the spirit of God saying, hold on. Where are we at? What are we doing? Is it edifying? Is it good? Is it moving away or towards the Lord? If you suddenly catch yourself... Hanging with your friends, you're hanging around, and you suddenly catch yourself um, pretending to be somebody else. And don't, don't, don't. Everybody here knows what I'm talking about, okay? You're hanging around with your friends, and then rather being who you are as salt and light for the Lord, you find yourself compromising how you act and what you speak and, and how you how you conduct yourself, so that you'll be more pleasing to that group. That if that's the case, then you're being influenced. You're not the influencer, and you probably shouldn't be there. If you feel pressure to compromise where you've not compromised before, then you're running with fools. Sounds a little harsh. But it can be true. And you need to start start being aware, what am I allowing myself to do? Where am I allowing myself to go? Proverbs 22, verse 24 to 25. Please. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Why? We've already talked about it. If you can hang around with a wise person to become wise, if you hang around with an angry person, you're going to end up becoming an angry person. Now, if that's the goal for your life, then more power to you. But I don't think anybody in this room would sit back and say, you know what? Yeah, I really want to be more angry. I just, I want, I'm not angry enough. You know, I need to learn to put my foot down and just look at people and say, I don't like you. And here's why. I'm just, you know, I'm going to stay, I don't stay up at night enough and think about how angry this person makes me. I need to change that. Nobody does that. And so the point here is driven home. So let's not confuse guardrails, guardrails by the way, with a lack of concern or love for others. It's, it, it can be, this can be tricky, especially for young, young people who are just super emotional about everything. Sorry. There's some of my youth are in the room. But it, it can be super easy to kind of draw that line and say, like, okay, where am I, when am I being religious? And, and where am I actually acting in love towards others? And so at the fire hall, I'll use that as an example, I'm surrounded by people that don't serve the Lord. I mean, there's no debating that. And one of the things that I do as a guardrail for that is when they, after practices, for example, and they want to go out and have wings and beer and stuff like that, I choose not to go, not because I don't think I'm going to suddenly become an alcoholic or, you know, do something stupid, but because I simply don't want to purposely put myself back into an environment that isn't pleasing to the Lord. And, but I don't stop going to fire practice. There's a difference there. If I had stopped going to fire practice, then I would have lost and missed out on opportunities that God has provided to do ministry and to speak into people's lives in the fire department. Because over the years, individuals have come to me privately off to the side when nobody was looking. And they've, you know, pouring their hearts out and just struggling the things they see and how do I deal with this and how do you deal with it? Aren't you a Christian? How do you deal with it? And I get a chance to talk to them about it. And they're all embarrassed, and then all of a sudden the conversation stops if somebody else comes around. But if I hadn't been there physically, I wouldn't have been able to minister that. So make yourself available to people to do ministry, to show the love of Christ. But in terms of how you spend your time with them and how you open your heart to them, be very, very careful. So now, while I was talking, did anybody in the room suddenly have somebody come to mind? that you can think of. And it doesn't have to be a friend who's involved in crime. It can be a friend that, yeah, it can be a friend who just is angry. You could be a friend that just, you know, goads you into doing things that you shouldn't be doing. When I was a kid, um, my, my, my friends, you know, not serving the Lord, they invited me over for movie night. I'm like, what are we watching? And they said, oh, it's a great movie. It's old, black and white. It's called Night of the Living Dead. And I'm like, Really? sounds like fun. They're like, oh, it's great. You should come over, you know. And I'm like, okay. Mom, Dad, can I go watch this movie at my friend's house? What's it called, Chris? It's called Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. No, I don't think that's a good idea. What? Oh, c- come on, really? No, you don't understand. They're all going to be there, you know. Had that argument. They're like, no, 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 you're not going. So I snuck out of the house, <laughs> all right? I mean, it's an obvious solution. So I snuck out of the house. And I went to their house, anyways, so and we were in the basement watching this movie. I didn't know what the movie was going to be about. I was so totally innocent. I think I was like 9 or 10, and they were just down two doors down. So I snuck in, watched watching this movie. I didn't even get halfway through that movie, and I ran out of there. I found an excuse to save face. I was like, oh, guys, I'm tired, you know, like, it's cool, but i got to go home, you know, and they're like, oh, come on, finish the book. I'm like, no, i got to go. And what did me in was this horrific scene I won't describe. It was, essentially, it's a zombie movie, this old black and white zombie movie. I went home that night and had nightmares all night long. I dreamt about that movie for three years. It was awful, just an awful movie. And I look back at that now, and I'm like, how often does God speak through other people in our life, saying, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Let's talk about this. And we're just like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do anyways, because my friends are are on board with it, and I don't want to be left out. So if you have somebody pop up in your head that you're thinking, you know, I don't know if I should be spending time with this person, you, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should talk to somebody you trust about, you know, and, and say, like, should I, be, should I be hanging around with this person? Set up some guardrails in your life. Because generally speaking, if you're not being, if you don't find yourself succeeding in an area of your life, you probably aren't surrounding yourself with the right people in that area. And you need that, that rub-off or that role model. So with that, I think we'll close. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.